I'm not pretending to be no Indian. We got Choctaw and Cherokee in our blood and our family. And I'm not trying to pretend to be nobody. I don't want to pretend to be this person and that person. I'm not trying to even much live to be this person's expectations of what they think I might be. But when I put on my suit, I tell you one thing, you better not play with me. Uh, none of mine's. Welcome to Neurons to Nirvana, a platform for creative forces that embrace the unconventional and the quest for artistry, humanity, innovation, health, and healing of the mind and soul. Join me, Tom Hartridge, on a journey celebrating experiences unbound by physical borders or traditional norms. From inside the mind to the far reaches of the universe, this is Neurons to Nirvana. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to share this episode featuring two members of the two-time Grammy-nominated group Chawa. Chawa is a band that represents the true essence of New Orleans culture both in its rich past and present. Chawa is a funk and brass band steeped in African culture. Their music serves as a bridge bringing all the significant elements of New Orleans music and culture into the 21st century. Chawa is derived from the Mardi Gras Indians and means we're coming for you. People of color were not allowed to participate or attend the Mardi Gras parades for many years. In response, the Mardi Gras Indians started to express themselves in the streets with extraordinarily vibrant and colorful garb at Mardi Gras. My two guests, Juwan Boudreau Jr. and Honey Bannister, are both Mardi Gras Indians and vocalists in the band. Juwan is the lead vocalist and frontman of Chawa, a fifth-generation Mardi Gras Indian and grandson to Grammy-nominated artist Big Chief Monk Boudreaux. For over 50 years, vocalist Honey Bannister has been an active member of the New Orleans music scene and the Mardi Gras Indian community. I had the opportunity to see them perform live last weekend and sit down with them the following day in New Orleans. We discuss the history of the New Orleans culture and Chawa's integral part as the next generation of New Orleans music. Without further ado, let's jump in with Chawa. Good morning, fellas. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today. I loved y'all's show last night. Great DBA. And I can't thank you enough for joining me. So... Tell me about the history of Chawa. Joe, was he met your grandfather, Monk, is that correct? Yes, sir. And that was back around when, 2014? Yeah. He was playing with the, uh, with the Wild Magnolias, like the new generation Wild Magnolias with Bull Jr. and my grandfather. And then he branched off from playing with them until, excuse me, playing with my grandfather on Mardi Gras Day. Right. And your grandfather was on a TV show, Treme, correct? Yes, sir. What was his role on that film? I mean, the TV series. Uh, he was just like, you know, he was basically, typically himself doing like, he was singing, we were singing Indian Ridge for Indian that passed away. And then, like, some tourists rolled up and all that, and he was like, get on out of here. <laughs> and 
that was that because it was like there's a spiritual moment. We not trying to look for no attention for that. Right. So the history of uh, the Mardi Gras Indians, did they depict it properly, in your opinion, on the show, Tremaine? Kind of and kind of not. Like, they didn't get deep into, like, the Indians. It was just more of, like, the outer experience of what they wanted to interpretate of themselves, of what they wanted to see and all that. But it wasn't really the real authentic New Orleans Mardi Gras experience because Mardi Gras really is in the neighborhoods. It's not on the parade routes. Right. So... Tell me, fellas, honey, how did you guys meet, you and Juan? I was um, doing performances and shows with Bo Dollars and Wild Magnolias and Mon Boudreau. So before, when Juwan was a kid, five, six years old, I was doing performances with his grandfather and Bo Dollars. So that's how I get to meet Juwan. But I knew Juwan, mama, I knew his aunts and all them, and he was a kid running around. I'm like, that's just Juwan. You know, and the twins, he'd be with McQuine. I called him twin. But I just knew them from kids, not knowing that he would turn out to where he is now. So when he do performances, he he, he do it from the heart. So, honey, you've, you've been living here all your life, obviously. How long have you been involved with the Mardi Gras Indians? I've been masking since 1970. Oh, wow. Um, up until right now. And it has changed. The sewing has changed. Um, they have big scenery on the patches now. And I don't use a rack, so therefore it's more, it's harder to sew sceneries without using a rack because you got to bend the patch, you got to do this. And guys, you know, Indians today are real lazy. They're not trying to do all like that, you know. So I was just from the 70s to the 80s to the 90s to what's happening right now, and I'm still one of the elite Indians out there. You you knew his grandfather first, Monk, but didn't you tell me that you were his band teacher? Yeah, Juwan. He, he used to listen either. <laughs> yeah, he didn't used to listen. Juwan do a lot of singing, and you know we he loved the Indian stuff. But <laughs> see that tuba, that bass horn, yeah, B flat concert scales. <laughs> yeah. He knew all of that, and he complete. At one time we went to a game. He just was him on a tuba. And every, nobody had nothing to say to respect him. But he has put in all of it. Yeah, but I was his teacher, and he tried to run over me one time. I had to chase him down in the hallway because, you know, <laughs> that's when I became, I felt myself getting a little older when I find myself <laughs> walking the hallway talking about, where y'all at? What y'all doing? And, and the cheering break out and run from you and stuff, you know, and I can't catch him. So that was Juwan did me a couple well, of times. Why were you chasing Juwan around? Because I, that's just me being a teacher. I was teacher. one of the kids that never listened. That never listened I at all. never listened. I was a spoiled brat, so I don't even care of me. But it's a good kid, so <laughs> all my chasing. I knew they had to come right back to where I was at, but I still would run behind them. And, and that, that how, how many years ago was that? How long ago was that? What? what 2014? No, 12. When, when the school closed? In 12, 13? I think it was like 12, yeah, like, yeah. like 2012. But the school had cold. It was John McDonald's Senior High, and they had closed it down, but... um. Previous to that, it was it was a rough school, but we still was trying to turn it around to, into a positive um, for the community. I was always into the music, basically. Yeah. So I played tuba, trombone. I didn't play cymbals. I didn't play tenor drum, all that. Yeah. Like in high school, in the band. But then once I got 
about honey, I stuck with the tuba, but like bass clap, that's why I got it. I even got it tatted on my arm right here, and you can see it. Like that's what stuck to me. And what does that represent exactly? Bass clef. A clef. That's just a bass clef. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I represent the lower line. <laughs> so, Chawa formed around 2014, correct? No. No? When did you guys start? Honey was there before me. We, was, we were actually um, doing performances for um, a young a, a program called School Now called Young Audiences. And we used to go around to different schools, um, with the Indian suit on, with the rhythm section playing behind us, and just Joe and Yeti, you know, and, and a few, about three or four of us. And then um, we started talking about it, and Yeti and I and Joe said, look, we need to put, you know, try putting a, a bass with it, uh, a band behind this. So we used to do gigs like for $30, uh, $20 a piece at Broad and Banks, and Joe saw a vision to, well, we can take this higher and make, you know, make more money to you where you all won't have to, work so i started doing most of the singing along with the group and um and then we implicated jawan and i said jawan used to be like he won't sing so i would purposely not go to gigs i tell i wouldn't tell him but i would purposely not he laughing he know what i'm talking about i would purposely not go to gigs i said yeah man i'm on my way i'll be there i'll be sitting at home just chilling i said he got to learn he got to sing because i can't be doing this here all the time, I need him to learn how to sing. So I leave him stuck out there so he had no choice but to sing. So that's, he has become the person and the, the man that he has today. Um, not because of me. I wouldn't say because of me. That's because of you. I, I just wanted him. I saw something in him. <laughs> I, saw, I saw potential in him. And he was young. And he, he was eager. And he loved the Indian stuff. But he was shy. So I had to get him out the shell some kind of way. I had to talk to his mom, his grandfather, nothing, because we did a lot of performance together. I'm doing all the leads singing. I said, man, I forget all this shit. You know, I said, I need Joanne to sing. So I used to leave him. I wouldn't come to a couple of gigs to where he can purposely have to sing, and he just took it and ran with it. So now, you know, I let him do all this singing. And I not let him, but he is the lead singing, and I just background him, and whenever he need a break, I'll sing a song or two because I love him. You know, I've been knowing him since he was a kid. Yeah, you can clearly see you guys got chemistry. I was about to say, don't let him psych y'all up. He threw me on the porch. Threw you on the porch. And left me. What you talking about? And I had to fend for myself to do a gig. That's right. Oh, really? (laughs) I like big time gigs, like the gig you saw last night. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't come. I say I'm coming, right? And he be waiting for me. Yeah, honey, going to come because he feel comfortable with me up there. Of course. No, I need you to do something when I'm not there. <laughs> so I wouldn't go. I get, you know, Joel, honey, man, what, what happened? He, I mean, what's good? I said, man, I wasn't feeling good. I'm not letting him know that I was getting Jawan ready, preparing him for to do what he do right now. And it wasn't no Jawan do this or do that. I just said, man. I just He I just, just wouldn't show up. I just didn't show up. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I'm like, you know. Yeah, yeah, I don't even mean to curse, but I'd be no, like, what the, like, what the fuck? So now, yeah. that's why he, he, he can do what he do right now, and I respect him. If I see him going a certain way, 
Nine to ten times, I don't really tell him too much. If he's doing something, I'm going to take his suit, put his suit together, and I want him to enjoy himself on stage. If I see him doing something a little bit out the way, I tell him something. But nine to ten times, I just get up there and background him and let him go. Yeah. I mean, I loved it, man. The energy, you guys got great fucking energy up there. It's amazing. Tell everybody what Chawa means. Chawa means we're coming for you. Here we go. Cool Chawa! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that came, you guys came up with that when exactly? Oh, no, that's like a that's like a spiritual saying. Yeah, yeah, I know like, that. Like, we've seen that, like, anytime that we meet an Indian. Like, Chawa is like, any Indian can use it. So that's like a word that's like, you know, versatile to anybody. Right. It's not just one word that we used to make the band. It's just like Chawa mean Chawa, like you know, like Chawa, like you know. I'm spine boy that morning, like yeah. you know. So it's like any time that you feel like you want to say Chawa, like you can say it. So but even don't I nobody could, have my Chawa, even like I, I have it. So if I walk by you on the street and I said Chawa, and I'm gonna say Chawa, <laughs> but you don't have that Chawa that I got in my mouth. <laughs> sure <laughs> like, also, like Juwan was saying last night, they had a guy from Haiti, and he was saying Chawa, Chawa before we even started. He was telling me how sacred, I mean, how the meaning that it is in Haitian. He came to backstage with us and was telling us, and he was so happy by what we, the name of the group and what we were saying all the way from Haiti, man. And what was he saying that it meant in Haiti exactly? Just exact same thing. So exact same saying. thing. Exact same thing. And he hadn't known that it existed until he came to the word Chawa outside of being said in Haiti. Until he was, came to New Orleans. Until he came to New Orleans and knew that it was said, and the group had the name. He came backstage with us last night, man. I have a good friend, a professor, um, Joyce Jackson, who um, teaches that um, anthropology at LSU. So I put her on the phone with him because she goes there every two years, and she was amazed that the connection happened like that. Nice. Tell me the, the history of the Mardi Gras Indians. How did that start? Well, from what I know, I would say... We just paying homage to the Native American Indians that also freed the slaves, like from way, way long time ago. Other than that, I would say, honey, he got more history than me. <laughs> What's your input on that, honey? Well, each Indian, especially... um since the World Wide Web came out, when that came out, everybody went to looking up stuff and coming up with their own definition on why and how they mass. So to not offend anybody, Native Americans, black Indians were here. You know, we, we, we mass in the streets of New Orleans because um, at one time blacks were not allowed to participate in Mardi Gras, so black men took it upon themselves to pay respect a homage to the black Indians that took the slave then when they were running away. So if you got somebody that's running away and they come into your tribe where you're staying at and you're the same color, you don't know if that's, you know, they're Indian or not. So they took us in. You have all kind of different uh, people that's going to read books and, and, and say this and say that. But 
That's my definition. Jawan has his definition. Each Indian has their definition. And this thing with the Indians, it doesn't have, it wasn't documented for years. So therefore, everybody that's grabbing it now, it went at least 10, 5 or 10 years before anybody even paid any notice to what any was doing. Jelly Roll. Jelly Roll really did a good um, talked about what was happening back then. But outside of that, he didn't pay no attention. It just was a couple of black men in the neighborhood, you know, um, meeting the inter-tribes, meeting other tribes and, and gangs. When I say gangs, I don't mean terms of color of red and blue. That's a term that we use down here for tribes. So that would be the definition from me, from Jawan. But if you ask another Indian, they all going to have their own definition. There's no rules to this. Everybody make up their own rules. If you ask them if this right or wrong, it ain't. if it's right, they're going to make it wrong. So we just going to give you our opinion and paying homage to the, the black Indians that were helping the slaves. And some people don't like to use the word homage. Some people don't like to use the word help. I said in the 70s, nobody told us anything about that. In the 80s, nobody said anything about that. In the 90s, nobody said nothing. When that World Wide Web came out, that's when you get all these different analysis and you get all these people from college. So I just would like to say... um. Just to pay homage to the black Indians that back then um, that were helping the slaves when they were running away. Right. And, Juan, you're spy boy, right, in your tribe? Yes, sir. And that means exactly what? Uh, the spy is like a self-explanatory position. Like, I make sure and I, like, basically it's like a head and a tail of a snake. The first part, I am. I see. So if I see danger, or I see like any form of fracture of like you know somebody trying to do something, uh, do something wrong. I'm supposed to see that. I'm the one that spots everything up. So if I say no, that mean no. It get related to the big chief from the flag boy and everybody else back there, then that's what's going to happen. So you give the heads up to the big chief Yeah. when yeah. anything's... Because uh... he's back there. He's enjoying himself. Right. So I'm supposed to let him know, like, if we running into trouble, then we running into trouble. We're going to dodge that. Nobody else don't have no type of position like that. Everybody else is in the middle. The spy boy is up front. So he's the first person that sees anything. So if I feel like I want to be the person that want to mess everything up, then that means I'm running my tribe into trouble and they don't know what's going on back there. But if I know this is my responsibility and I know this where I want to be and this is my tribe, I'm going to make sure they're safe in all costs. So we're going to dodge that. So I let them know. We about to move around, and we gonna go a different way. We not about to stand here, and you know, anticipate on what they got going on. So, what kind of trouble are we talking about, man? Trouble as far as like people being humbuggers. They Fight. don't want to meet. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to see us. And that goes with any tribe. That's not just you know my tribe against their tribe or anything. It's just like the fact of. They just feel like, you know, they want to be like, oh, y'all going to see us. Yeah. We don't want to see y'all. <laughs> we don't want to see y'all. 
Y'all don't look like nothing. <laughs> Especially if y'all ain't masked in so many years, I don't want me y'all. <laughs> right. I've been masking <laughs> since I was two years old. Two? Wow. Two. Damn. Two. That's where our family come from. We raised ours up from the ground on up. My baby, my baby, I'm 25. My baby been masking since she was one. And you think I got time to be wasting with you? Because if you play with her, we're going to have a real problem. <laughs> and I tell you that, that's going to be a real problem outside the suit. So I, I don't need much indulge in none of that BS of what they be having going on or what they feel like because they won't, they won't clout like the rappers be saying. Yeah. They won't clout. Mardi Gras morning, man, if you didn't meet me that morning, I don't want to meet you no other day. Because Mardi Gras mean the most. I cried. I cried. He could vouch for that. <laughs> I left my patch on the road for one day, and I cried. I had tears in my eyes because I wanted to make it that morning. I wanted to make it that morning. And if I didn't make it that morning, I knew it was going to be something within me. I'm not pretending to be no Indian. We got Choctaw and Cherokee in our blood and our family. You do? Yes. And I'm not trying to pretend to be nobody. I don't want to pretend to be this person and that person. I'm not trying to even much live to be this person's expectations of what they think I might be. But when I put on my suit, I tell you one thing, you better not play with me or none of mine's. What's going to happen? What you going to do? It's going to be bad. Hatch it in the head. Hatch it in the head. So how many Mardi Gras Indian tribes are there, roughly? Oh, my God. If you had to they guess. They're starting to make them. Yeah, you get so many. If they get mad with their chief, they leave with another person and come up with some name that they start I've never their heard own. of. Yeah, so it's, it's so crazy. I say about... 35, 40. 40. About 40 of names that I've never heard of a day in my life. They pull up something online. Oh, that's an Aztec Indian. It's from Achi Bubu Wawa now. Name my tribe is Achi Bubu Wawa, man. I don't want to meet you. I'm not seeing you, bro. <laughs> so it, it would be about 40. And I, I 40, just, I say 40. 50. That's, yeah, 40. They, really. All they take it from the, the chief to tell them what to do. They all want to be chiefs. Nobody wants to be an Indian. So they get mad at their chief. The chief says, look, I don't like the what you're doing up there. You should have went to the right. He go next to one of his friends, say, bro, you heard what he told me? I don't like that. Say, bro, look, you know what? You ought to start your own tribe. There you go. Two idiots that then left their chief alone to start their own tribe. So I say about 50 of them out there with the one, two, three people. That's it. Yeah. And Spy Boy, obviously, that's the name of your Grammy-nominated album that came out uh, yeah, that's the second one. I mean, that's one. the first one. First one, and then you've you've been nominated again for uh, the My People. My People that just came out last year, right? Yes, sir. And so, tell me, what is My People? What's the song about? My People is basically like now they're doing with the like the pandemic. My People, we gonna all be in the same boat. At one point in time, it don't matter. Some people have been left behind and all that. But one day we're going to all be in the same boat to have to deal with reality. And that's what that's about. 
What's the city been like during COVID? What's it been like? It's kind of been dead, and that's why I feel like Mardi Gras actually had a real good experience this year, only because of that. And people ain't been around it in so long. Yeah, I mean, the last time I was here was in November of 2019, and going out before your show last night, it seems like the city's starting to be rejuvenated again and coming back to life. In my yeah, opinion. everybody's starting to be happy, and everybody's starting to enjoy music again. Yeah. Because at one point in time, we couldn't even take drinks out the bar or none of that. You're kidding. I don't believe that. What? You guys have been in New Orleans, like my hometown, Savannah, has been known that you can walk around with open containers from the well, get-go. Well, this is explicit. <laughs> uh, this is explicit that you can't say too much, but that was bullshit. We couldn't do none of that, man. Be all because of COVID? Yes. Okay. I even went and got my double shots. My grandpa, he 80. And he made the whole family go get our shots. Oh, like ten years old, starting from ten years old, all the way (laughs) on up. You better go get your shot. So, Spy Boy was Grammy nominated, and then My People. For people who don't know, you know, some people we played last night, Ico, Ico, or Jacquemart Kunae. What does that mean exactly? Very sacred. Uh, it's coded for different tribes. I put it like that. And the guy that actually played the drums on that was Eric Cook, which is Walter Cook, the chief of the Creole Wild West uncle, and my dad and Irving Bannister Sr. and Sugar Boy Crawford. They wrote the song that was actually entitled Giacomo. So. The things that they were saying back then has a different meaning and it's very coded to where I can't really tell you all what that means right now because I'll be breaking the code and after I be done with this <laughs> podcast, I have to go deal with a lot of old Indians, a lot of younger Indians. I don't care how bad I am, they're going to come at me. So I can't exactly tell you what that means, but... um. It's, it's a meaning that we all know together as Indians and musicians in New Orleans, and we keep it locked like that. Sitting on the fire, my big chief said to your big chief, set your tail on the fire, talking about it now. but uh you when when you i can see how sacred it is when you're performing it and when you say it and and but i had to ask i just had to ask (laughs) yeah i gotta i gotta watch myself i see a lot of those older guys they got young children younger sons and nieces nephews and daughters oh you heard what honey said on there what did he say what his number is (laughs) So I got to watch myself because I have to, you know, I have to be respectful to the Indians that are out there, you know, from New Orleans. I got to watch myself. So tell me how you guys met Joe. How did that all happen, transpire? Well, I met Joe from playing with uh, 
my grandfather and Big Bo, Bo Dallas, senior. And then, you know, he like transitioned. Well, once, you know, Bo transitioned, my grandfather, that's where Joe just drifted off to by playing with the both of them. And all that. So that's how I met him. I met him because I held, I hold the biggest Indian practice, the best Indian practice in the world. What? Second and deep. Second and drives, Honda Wanda on deep. fire. So Joe had to come get there because we got straight crazy percussionists up in there. <laughs> you know, the IRS, not the Internal Revenue Service, but I'm talking about the Indian rhythm <laughs> section. You understand what I'm saying? Then let's go get them clay from uptown. Yeti in the clay. That's how we was coming. So Joe liked it that if you're a percussionist and you love all that, then you got to come get some of that IRS. That, like, I said Indian rhythm section, baby. Don't get it tangled or twisted. That's how we coming up town. And by him being a percussionist, it drew him on up in there to want to get closer to him and get the rhythm patterns. He's on them. They on the drums. They going berserk. Peanut on the cowbell. You know, it's just something that's unrehearsed. Yeah. And you, when you come there, you want to become a member uh, of the Indian rhythm section of Indian practice. And Joe got caught up. He couldn't leave. That was it. That was it. Did you all y'all just welcome him immediately? Was it, it, that's how they get down up there. Yeah, if, you, yeah. if you can hang, if you can get up on that <laughs> yeah, stage, if you can hang, if you yeah. can hang with all the <laughs> chaos that's going up there, because you know we be singing, we be down float. Sometimes they'll you know they'll cuss us up. They just turn around and start singing. They crazy, so you got to know how to control them too. You can't really control them, but you know you got to know what to do and what not to do. So they'll accept you if you can keep up. That's like a battlefield. That's if right. You can hang in that battlefield, <laughs> you good. If you if you I don't care what kind of percussion. <laughs> What kind of what status you got? You done played in a symphony band and all this. That don't mean nothing when you come over there on second and D and get up there on that stage with them, with the them drummers. You understand with the IRS oh, yeah. and whoever else decided to get up there and they had they two sitting up in there. So it just drew Joe in and he took all that in and ran with it. And Joe, he's is, is he the band leader? Who's the band leader? Yeah, he's the band leader, but um, the band leader also. That's what it's. I run like. the front line. <laughs> right. I run, like, you know, like, I ain't going to say, you know, you know, he's, I'm going to say he's the CEO, but I'm the one who, like, construct the band. Like, if we on stage and I want this to be played this way or something like that, then that's when I step in. Now, I was with the funk and feather stuff. Now, don't, I'm trying to get to a point right here. I graduated in music, all right? Yeah. All right? I took up music on the Dr. Isaac Gregg's, you understand? Southern University and the Martian Band. I took up music, so I sat back and I arranged songs, and I look at stuff and I laugh at it. The only thing I have with Jawan is conducting the band on stage. You don't have to do that. But that's a phase that he's going through now. They like to be up front. I get to him. Take it. Here he go. I done been up there <laughs> because... I'm not no band leader, I ain't nothing, but guess what? I'm everything. Yeah, but you you're know? in the groove, man. Yeah, you know, so, so I let them do what they do, but you just have to, when they come down to this music thing, you just have to, a professionalism that you take care of when you practice perfect, yeah. not perfect, you know, not, not I'm just going to have practice, you got to have perfect practice, therefore you won't have that to do. That's the only problem I have with them, the spotlight, being up front. I done been up front with everybody. Even with the great wild magnolias. Yeah, I mean, you interact with the crowd, yeah. man. But 
I let him do his thing. This is a new generation. I ain't got time to say, Juwan, don't do this, don't do this. Oh, if this would make it, if this would make it happens, let's keep going. I'm on stage getting it. So if that's the way, if he's comfortable doing it that way, I'm all, I'm comfortable with it too. But I just have to mess with him from time to time. And all he'll do is look at me, or sometimes I just go <laughs> and get not only him a shot, get me a shot. That keeps my mouth shut. Is that what you were whispering in his ear last yes. night? Yeah. <laughs> I saw you too, and I was like, what the hell are they talking about, man? We, we just communicate right quick. Uh, uh, most of the time, you know, we just, we be up there. I can't say what we be saying. We be uh, having fun. Yeah. <laughs> we just be clowning up there with each other. Man, what's up, Jay? Let's roll with this here right quick. You know what I'm saying? All right, I got you right quick. And, 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 and you know, you going to come in. We, gonna, we already know what to come in with. We just be up there. Really? Enjoying ourselves, yeah. having fun. Whatever he do up on stage, I, I'm with it. I'm behind him 100% because that's how I used to be. So I don't have no no problem telling him nothing about what he do or how he do it. If I see him about to hurt himself, if I see him about to trip over something, I'm going to grab him. Outside of that, take him down, Jay. Friend, <laughs> take him down. I, I really love him, man. His mom and him, they, they wouldn't expect nothing else. And when I'm out there with him on the road, on the, whatever it is, they expect, you know, honey, why you didn't tell him this? I ain't going to tell him nothing, but I ain't going to let him hurt himself because he's in a zone. He's enjoying himself. And my job here is to background him and make sure that um, that, that the band sound good and just help him out. That's my friend. And man. bring energy to That's the it. crowd, man. That's it. Uh, it was great how you interacted with everybody last yeah, night. Yeah, man, and I just awesome. let him roll. We, we did something that took years to come together. We haven't just started doing this. So that's why you see me and you see Jawan. If I'm in Indian practice, I just I stop singing. I just let Jawan go. How often you guys practice? Starting from Thanksgiving up until Mardi Gras. All, all the way Sunday. up till this week. Every Sunday. Yeah, well, every Sunday. Okay. We only do it on Sundays. And, 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 and it's no time limit. You might get there at 7 to 8 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> and you might finish. I like, what, 12? Nah, <laughs> be real. <laughs> Try like 2 a.m. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because so, you can walk down the street and go get a drink if right. you need to. You come right back. But, you come right back and get back in the flow, man. But like he yeah, said, he's, he, he's the band leader. Um. They do a lot of songs they, they were doing when I came back. I did, never heard any of them. You know, I'm kind of low-key. I lay back under the radar. So I just support him all the way. And that's how it's going to be until the end. Yes, sir. Uh, you guys, so on Spy Boy, the producer. Uh, ben? Yep. Ben. From, ben Alman? From Galactic. Galactic. Saxophonist killer. You guys uh, play with him? Does he come on stage with you often or no? No. Or vice? That's my dog. That's your dog? Yeah. <laughs> now, like previous, um, like the very first CD on Folk and Feathers. Uh, but I used to see Ben and, uh, and Stanton, you know, I done did a, a, a drum clinic with them. Before I even knew what Galactic was, I just knew them as friends. Cool yeah. dudes. Stan's a badass drummer, yeah. man. I love him. Yeah, so um, yes, Jawan, like I said, Jawan, hook up with him. But no, I, I never really played with Ben. And I know where Ben live at and everything. I did a parade around his house, grab his daughters, walk with him and everything. But we just see them as men. Yeah. And then Nigel Hall from Lettuce. Oh, yeah. Well, no, we know. I thought I read something that he was involved. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He involved in... Uh, he was on uh, the storytelling of the album of Spyboy. He played the piano on it. 
and he played. Uh, he he was the background vocalist on like a few of the songs. Yeah, he played B. Hamming. Yeah, but as far as the like, you know, being on the stage, no. So tell me, Mardi Gras Indians, they've influenced so many artists that I've loved listening to. The Meters. George Porter Jr. is one of my favorite bassists. Uh, yep. You know George at all? Man, I know Mr. Porter. I called him George because he and my dad uh, played in the days of way back. Um, my dad was a very, you know, he criticized every musician. You know, he could watch their hand, but he always told me, he said, George can play. And I think George was like 14 or something. I don't want to get it wrong. My dad was up in age. They went on the road. They did a record and everything. But, you know, right before my dad passed like a year ago, at George Simpson, where he would acknowledge him, they would talk like that hip stuff, like stay on the one, man. They don't say bye. You know, like stay on the one. What's happening, man? What's up, cat? So, yeah, George is real good. Um, I know Zig. That's my good friend, Zig, out there in California. Um, that's my boy, Zig. And um, the only drummer that I know, and I'm not knocking no other drummer, that can be syncopated, can play a whole song on the upbeat and make it fit. That's it. Leo, what's up, baby? Just wanted to just throw you up in there, too, in the mix. You understand? Know Mr. Cool Cat Daddy. So, yeah, I know him. They're they, 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 they real men. Um, they carry themselves in a good way. And... Um, I love them. They're cool people. I like them. How about Dr. John? Did you get to know him at all? I know him. He used to fuss at me. Well, I See, got to play with him, too. <laughs> Why was he fussing at me? Because him and my daddy was friends. So, you know, you know, my dad said he used to play trumpet at one time, you know, and he used to, play, he used to hang out with my dad uptown the third wall, right there on St. Andrew Magnolia. My mama said that he was a crazy white guy because he was the only white guy back in the, in the 70s like that used to be hanging up in that area. And um, he started playing, but... And my sister, he used to watch us, and I used to be running around, so he's oh, he'll fuss at me, but he loved my oldest sister because he used to always watch us. So I never knew who Dr. John was. I just knew he was a, a guy that used to be at our house a lot and they're just chilling, not knowing that he would become the world-famous musician that he is. But he was always cool, and um, he would always keep you in line. And he loved my dad, man. I mean, my dad played on the um, – the the Grammy that he won going back to New Orleans, I seen him recording at an ultrasonic studio it was right across the street from Xavier University, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, Wardell Cazell was the arranger, but he had them hard hitters up in there. So you come around there playing, you know, there was no young cats up in there. It was all strictly hard hitters, and the music was written right there. Wardell Cazell was not playing. That's Brian Cazell's daddy, so I knew him. He was a good man, and he, he just was... And what else can you say about Doc? It's like, hey. He's a legend. Hey, <laughs> man. It's cool, dude. <laughs> How about the Neville brothers? You, you fellas know them? Yeah. I knew them. Uh, some of them personally, but they they just laid it down, man. What else can you say? I mean, you know, Aaron, um, uh, Art and all those guys, they, they, like I said, I just knew them from my daddy playing music, they all come up around that same era. My daddy, I was his only son, so he brought me around in all that action wherever you went at, and I just knew that they was cool dudes, and they just got up there and just thought whatever they was playing, they just was kicking it. They were like the pioneers, man. They just they just took it, and they took it on a whole, and, and took New Orleans music yeah, everywhere. Man, I haven't you know? played with the Rolling Stones. Yeah, you know, so they just took it and went a whole different, or took off with it, you know, and and that in, somewhat inspired to to was what was happening with Big Chief Bo Dollars that took and put the Indians on the map 
with the singing of it. But um, the Neville's just they just something else, man. That's just that's just another beast right there, bro. That's that's something I can't really describe them right now. You know, they're listening. I gotta watch what I say. I didn't say nothing wrong, y'all. The Neville's kick ass. How about trombone, trombone shorty? A, a psychopath, a maniac, a, a dude that's uh, just crazy good. You know, I heard him. I heard his CD when he did Here Come the Girls. Ugh, shorty, you, you're down bad for that one, shorty. Trombone shorty, just just something that can come up out of New Orleans and just lock, lock his lip. Just got everything on lock. That's it. Nothing else to say. You come across Wynton Marcellus ever? Oh, Juwan, he hit all the people around my head. Wynton's coming. <laughs> oh, no, Wynton was cold. It's still cold as ice, man. I see him from time to time because I was in junior high. They were, you know, a couple of grades higher than me. And these guys here, were, they were like, you know, reading Baccarat and all this kind of stuff in the country band. And now they big timers and excellent musicians. I have nothing to say about them except, man, they got it on lock too. That's it. Yeah. He's a legend as well. But tell the audience, what, what type of, what are you throwing down out there on the stage? You're throwing funk. What else? Man, we're throwing... We doing funk. We doing. If you want a little bit of hip hop, you might get that. But you getting Mardi Gras day vibes. If you from New Orleans and we see you out of town, you gonna feel like you back at home. Mm. Exactly. That's what you gonna get. Right after Mardi Gras, and we just got back Sunday. <laughs> we just got back Sunday for Mardi Gras, and then we about to leave the week after to keep on going. Ajay, potato chips, pizzas, hot dogs, uh, cool rice Krispie treats. Rice Krispie treats. I that's like the them. daily. That's, 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 that's it. Is that your daily that's how diet? You travel on the road. That's, that's your daily diet. To make sure you ain't got to keep on stopping to use the restroom. That's right. <laughs> So what, do you guys like being on the road? What? I love it. Yeah. You do? I like to get the different scenery with me. Yeah. I plan I mean, on I leaving one day, uh, and now this giving me more opportunities to see where I want to move at. Oh, you think <laughs> you're going to leave? Yeah, man. What, what makes you think you're going to leave New Orleans? What makes me think I want to leave is just to get a different experience with my kids. And even if they just coming on the road when I leave or something like that, like to get them to fly out 
Like, you know, do you bring, experience. does your family come with you ever? No. 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 But me? Bury me in my backyard and have a crawfish burrow. I'm not going nowhere, baby. Who that nation? Engine, second line Sunday parades. You understand? Crazy shot goes out to the crew of Poseidon. You heard me? I'm with all that. Bury me in my backyard, baby. <laughs> Is that how uh, the rest of the fellas feel in the band? Are you the only one that has the itch to leave? I'm the only one that New Orleans just done. New Orleans done ruined me, bro. I'm here. I'm here for the long haul, bro. Yeah, but Joe's not probably going to leave. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying about me. I'm like, I'm basically like one of the, besides the bass, I mean, no, besides the guitar player, I'm the youngest one in the band. So, yeah. When do you? I mean, if you leave, then that changes the dynamic of the band. Don't Hell you know? no, it don't. No, I ain't saying I ain't coming back to perform. <laughs> I just said I'm moving out of New Orleans. That's all I said. You have any yeah, idea know, where you want? This is my love. Yeah, yeah, man. You have any idea where you want to move? Uh, not yet. So that's why I said I'm just looking around. TBD, man. <laughs> to be announced. Don't <laughs> you TBA? <laughs> During COVID, was it just complete? Did you guys get to perform at all? Nah, probably like for parties and stuff. Yeah, Private was, parties? It was. Yeah. Nothing like last night. night. Yeah, it was. Nothing like yeah. last night. We was performing outside actually at DBA. Yeah, I was there. When, yeah, when COVID was going oh, on. Oh, you were there? Like we was performing oh. outside. Like oh, we outside of DBA. In yeah. the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We was performing across the street where they got oh. the La Market spot at. So it wasn't like nothing like last night and all that. Like everything was just limited. You had to show your vaccination card. You had to do this. You had to do that. But last night it really put a different feeling into, all right, well, we back. It felt like 2019, man. Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. Like it felt like we back. Yeah. It feels as though I'm... The music, I, I, were you all reaching out to each other to perform, or was everybody just depressed and in their own, siloed in their own little worlds? No, no, we talked we, we talk with each other through the music. That's how we feel everything, with each other. Like, I might just tap him or something, and he know we going to see. Like I said, it's nothing scripted. We're not. Nothing like, you know, like, I might throw a solo to this person, but then at the last show, it might have was another person type stuff. So my people, I mean, were you all were you all recording that during COVID, or was that a lot of that? Yeah, we was recording to do COVID. But you were getting together and doing it in person, you weren't? Yeah, we was doing, yeah, we was doing it in person. Like Nothing was, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because yeah, <laughs> a lot yeah. of people... Strangely enough, we're recording and and just sending it to yeah. somebody. No, we were Which, still all you know together. Like we 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 recorded that like pre-COVID, the My People album. Oh, you did it. Okay. Yeah, you you've been Grammy nominated twice. Yeah. And the other album, which was what? Spy Boy. Spy Boy and My People. And what was the what are the Grammy nominations for? Which regional roots? Regional roots. Yeah. So who won? I don't even know. Uh, I don't know. It was like some band from Hawaii or something for the first one. Okay. And then we got to go, I think it's in April this year, 
because they postponed it because of that, whatever the next COVID strain was or something like that. Omicron. They just have, yeah, yeah. So that's the next one going to be in April. The one for my people, this one coming up, yeah, it's about to be in April. And we're going to Las Vegas. Nice. Are and my you- grandfather also nominated too for the first time. When was that? He nominated too. For this one? Yeah. But I thought he's been, uh, so Monk, he was, has he, he's been nominated before though, right? No? Nope. This is his this first is time. This is one. Oh, wow. 80 years old. Is he, how often does he play with y'all? He don't play with us. He got his own. He, ne- he never has been on stage with you at all? Um, probably once or twice. Once or twice? But, yeah. But he got his own thing going on. So, for people who haven't heard you, what would you say? Yeah, if you're looking to have a good time and hear some real Mardi Gras Indian music and feel in the spirit, then you most definitely got, you know, you can most definitely come see the Chawa Band and you can look us up on chawabandcom That's chawabandcom And you can... You know, get the full experience of when we in the city near you or of you in the city near us. Are you fellas going to be working on a new album, you think, anytime soon? Yes, sir. And a new suit. No, I'm working on a new suit. I ain't worried about the album. <laughs> I let them do that. That I'm working on a new suit. <laughs> so your suit is badass, man. That was Kick-ass 24-7. Your, you heard me? Yeah. Pink, super vibrant. How long have you been wearing that one? Last year, you know, with the COVID, you know, they say that you're going to come out then, you go out there, and they say you can't walk the streets, so you take that and you add it on to what you done did the year before, and you just keep going on. So, it's just, you know, just, not just that's it. We just keep sewing. How long does it take you to sew that suit? How long did it take you? You never done it until Mardi Gras Day. That's right. After oh, Mardi yeah. Gras Day. After Mardi Gras Day, Mardi Day, you're still sewing. It takes approximately all year. I mean, really all year because you you start sewing one patch and you got you got so many different parts that you have to have done at a certain amount of time to finish to to put in this spot. Apron, jacket, pants, whatever, and you have to go on. You can never you know what the creative part you want. Well, check this out. You might finish one patch. You can't get happy about it because you got to do another one or another one. Uh, nothing. Just like I just said, I was crying on the real. What that was Friday, the Friday before Mardi Gras, because I was like, I ain't gonna make it. I was crying, crying real tears. Still- he said, Now nah, I know you're a real Indian, cause you crying behind this. <laughs> they have a lot of people just like we come with anything else. You have people that's uh, haters, uh, jealous of what you're doing. Oh man, they studio this or they this and that. No. We the real deal. And you can tell if some if you putting your heart and soul into something, as men, we cannot have kids or anything. So we have to create something ourselves and sewing them patches, that's us. Get one of them took away from you. If you're Indian and if you if you sewing your stuff, you're gonna cry. You're gonna hurt. You're gonna do whatever it takes to get that pet. Cell phone get turned off. 
Don't pay this, whatever it takes. I use cell phone because everybody knew that device, they can't live without it. They got some Indians that can live without it. So how many Indians do you have in your tribe? Uh, we have about 14, 15. And are the, you're, in, you're in blue, or I saw you in bright blue last night. Yeah. Very vibrant. What what about the other Indians in your tribe? What? We do uh like I think it's be like every two to five years, we do the same color. But all the queens, like the females in our tribe, they always wear the same color as the chief. Cause that's his queens. So my grandfather wore orange, so like all the females in the tribe wore orange. They were wearing orange yeah, this then, year from Mardi Gras? Yeah, and then everybody else wore their own colors. But then once he get the call, or once he give the call of we going to wear one color, everybody wears that color from the front to the back, from me on back to him. We all wear the same color. Like we wore, uh, what that was, we wore blue together. We will lime green together. We will uh, yellow together with a hint of different colors. But the main color was yellow. But he gave us our own choice of what we wanted to put with it. Like, you know, we do that type of thing. But it'd be like an anniversary. So it'd be like two to five years that we wear the same color. But other than that, we pick our own colors. So you've been wearing the blue ones for, what, since high school? or how? Hell no. I just wore the blue. Uh, that's your, so that's why, you, that's why you were crying, because you didn't think you were going to get it ready. Yeah. That, that, okay, yeah. so that thing's brand new. That's brand new, yeah. This is my first time showing it since, that, since Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it looks good, man. It's badass. Thank you. I appreciate it. Just don't cry over it. Just <laughs> Shit, you can't stop them tears. I just mess with you, man. <laughs> well, fellas, what about influences, people you're collaborating with, anybody that comes to mind that you want to share or talk about? It doesn't have to, I mean, rap, whatever. Like, Nah, uh, Bruce Gaten was big chief of the Creole Wild West. Bought the tribe back. Him, his brother Tyrone Gaten, um, Hercules, those guys are legends in the Indian game, and they started me mashing. My Uncle Bob, and of course, my mom, you know, who's a, a Mardi Gras Indian queen, and just everything to me in, in my life. So the influences came from, from those guys um, Big Chief Walter Cook, um, Howard Miller. All, each one of these people that I'm naming plays such a role in it. Um, Bo Dollars, Theodore Dollars, um, and Monk Bujo. When I first got to Wild Magnolia, we were performing um, at Universal Studios behind the Pointer Sisters, and they put me in a room with Monk, and he told me in a week's time what was going to happen throughout my whole Indian career. And it's still happening. This is what he told. He told me some things when we woke up every morning for that week. And it's still happening right now. So those are some, uh, guys in the Indian tribe that, that has influences on me. Um, Tyrone Casby, um, Big Chief, 
Delco, Criaciola, um, Kiki, a lot of guys that I, I look at the way they carry themselves and how they do it with their tribes. Especially, I have to say one last thing, special creative shot goes out to the Mohawk Hunters. Um, the way they carry themselves, they make this suit to meet people across the river, not to meet no any tr- other tribe. You know, and it's just a lot of different guys that had influence on me, and I just want to just put that out there. I'm sorry that I didn't mention, you know, some of you other guys who, if you hear this here, I'm sorry, but um, you all important to me too. But those guys that I named were the names that, that hit me straight up in my head. Uncle Bob, Robert McLean, who started doing all of my sewing. And um, I love the Indians. What about you, Juwan? I'm about to say, most definitely all of the Indian nation. I'm going to start with because a lot of them, you know, honey's older than me. A lot of them are older than me that I ain't get to, you know, get to see uh, me personally so some of them you know I didn't but as far as the names that I can see I see Romeo I see Damone he inspired me with the beading as far as using like different colors and everything like you know he most definitely inspired me and then he got Big Cheese Char. 1. The real 5. McCoy. That's the real yeah. McCoy. Yeah, <laughs> big T. You can't deal with him. That's the real <laughs> deal. Troy, what's what's his last name? I don't know. Troy's last name. All of them talking about Troy is the real McCoy. That's the 1.5. You heard that's okay. the 1.5. That's the real deal. <laughs> Watch yourself now. That's the Mohawk Hunters 1.5. But but Troy, all the other names he just called, Troy is the real McCoy. <laughs> And then, you know, they got, you know, they got, a, they got a few. And like he said, I can't name all of them. But a lot of people inspired me to keep on pushing and keep on moving. Because I have love for this. This is not just something that I was, like, pushed out here to do. My grandfather, he never sat down with me and said, well, that's how you push the needle and all that. He let me make the mistakes and told me where I was wrong at. That's one thing. So as far as, like, you know, masking and inspirations and all that, I like what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. And I will keep on going. How you say you got to keep on ruling now? You got to keep on grooving. <laughs> And you got to keep on moving. <laughs> so, you know, I I admire, like, you know, a lot of people that's been masking before me. Because I'm going to say, it ain't too many that's on my level that's at the age that I am. No. I'm, I'm going to leave that at that. <laughs> <laughs> You've played at South by Southwest in the past. I hope you guys come back. I'd love to see you all there. And then you're going to be at Jazz Fest, right? Yes, sir. Do you know where you're going to be playing? Uh, We're playing at Congo Square. Okay. And that's going to be just one show or how many shows? Shit, he got his. We got this South. I mean, we got this uh this Congo Square and I got. And, but at nighttime, we doing Broadview from what I heard. Oh, we doing Broadview Ch- too. Ch- the same day, May 1st. May that's May first. Yeah, May first we doing broad, broadside, and then I got the uh, 
the uh spy boy uh spy boy Jen the storm and then you know i'm doing my grandpa too one thing we never leaving our roots that's one thing we're not doing we're not leaving our roots you might see us on stage you might see us somewhere else but one thing we ain't never forgetting where we come from well uh I, i'm hoping to come back and anybody that's listening come check them out jazz fest for sure and look on their website for any of their additional dates and uh it's been a pleasure fellas we we, we gonna say one thing before we go who read that morning tell them what i say say Six five boy coming from oh, way uptown. In ya, Jerica. I was jumping that morning, say I won't buy down. In ya, Jerica. Six bum bum balloon, six bum bum beret. In ya, Jerica. Six kind like money on a holiday. In ya, Jerica. I said, take me down in that battlefield. In ya, Jerica. I was a little bit of boy and I did not need. Counterfeit, too old. I had to throw the spy boy out there. See that? At first, he used to like to do that. Now, yeah, yeah. he's just taking a run with it. That's my dude. Come check us out, baby. Chawa! Coochie Ma, don't buy down that morning. All right, Chawa! Had me in here crying, y'all. Y'all can't see. Got tears coming from no, that. <laughs> don't tell nobody that. <laughs> All right, bro. Chawa, thank you, fellas, man. This is badass. Thank you for... Enjoy riffing with you. Okay, that was straight. Hey, that was right, brother. Yeah, man. Cool. Thank you so much for listening to the latest episode. Please like and subscribe to my YouTube channel and Instagram, Neurons to Nirvana Podcast. Also follow me on Twitter, which is End to End Podcast, to keep up to date with all of my latest and upcoming content, as well as my random thoughts, trivia, and topics of interest. Until next time, this is Neurons to Nirvana. Neurons to Nirvana.